Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 222 Tuesday Ooh. edition of the rotation. And there's only two of us today. I wow, dude. <laughs> until, until Kingdom gets home, at least. Uh, Kingdom is stuck somewhere remote in a moving vehicle and will be on as soon as humanly possible. He's obviously an insanely busy man and, you know, has children's to take care of and whatnot but hey we here i got my dog levi here i mean technically he could be the third co-host hey, what up levi hey what's up and then as <laughs> always i got icon joining me to talk some call of duty uh obviously an exciting time because we are all done with the major one qualifiers which were online matches boo now we're going to land <laughs> in uh whenever that is in like a week or two yeah so Icon, actually, man, you know what? I actually haven't been able to look at the predictions from last week yet. I don't know if when when we'll bring those up. I'm sure we will eventually, but I can't really remember how I did, but I do remember that I enjoyed watching the matches. How did you think uh, this past weekend went, uh, Icon? Yeah, I, I was a little curious about the predictions too because I know that there were some upsets that I think we all guessed, and then there were some where uh, I lost. So we'll, we'll see how it all ends up shaking out. Um, I feel like there are quite a few takeaways. So there were three weeks of those online qualifier matches, and I'm not really sure I'm any more confident in any team than I was at the beginning of those three weeks. Like you look up and down the board, you look up and down the standings. And first of all, I guess the first takeaway is that it seems like we've done a couple episodes of this podcast now. And there were these long stretches where we didn't talk about the Atlanta phase at all. Yep. And what do you know? They're right back in first place, undefeated, number one seed. It's like, you know, all these teams have these strong showings. You have Seattle, you have Toronto, you have London, you have all these teams that come out. So we're talking about all these other squads. And then just quietly in the background, Atlanta phase is just doing their thing. Abizi and Simp and Selium are frying. And as we head into the first major, they're the undisputed number one seed. And it just goes to show that I do think the league is far more competitive now than it has been in the past. But they're still a number one until somebody shows they can knock them off consistently. Going into the first major, I guess a big question for me is, really how many different teams can win that first major because as i look up and down the board you have atlanta you have london you have la thieves which snuck in there so i remember talking last show that i i felt like la thieves was one of the just those teams that you never know what they're going to come with they're they can pop up they can surprise people they're sitting there at four and one but you look up and down the board really i mean now, NYSL is one and four, but last time we saw them, they were really good on land. So Paris is the only team for me that, okay, maybe Paris won't come out and do well in the first major, but everybody else, I could see upsets all across the board. I'm not even really sure we could call any upsets this weekend unless Paris makes some kind of crazy run. But other than that, it's just top to bottom. I think the league is super competitive. I'm kind of all over the place with what these predictions are going to look like. Not really sure where to go with those. And then I, I guess the, the final two points I have here from the first three weeks of online qualifiers is one, 
Optic came out and were super impressive. So it, it begs the question, is Optic back or do they still have a ways to go? You look at how they ended up in that last week. They got an impressive 3-0 victory over Toronto. They got a 3-1 victory over Boston. So they came out, played really well the final week. And I guess that's probably what you would want to see if you're an Optic fan heading into the first major. And then Toronto, all of a sudden, a team that has been by far the most consistent probably throughout the entirety of last year and at least the first couple weeks of this season really stumbled against Optic, losing 0-3, and then they got wiped by the LA Thieves as well. So the storylines are kind of all over the place, and I'm just excited for the first major to see who's going to prepare, who's going to play well on LAN, and if we have any surprises and what those surprises might be. Well put. I mean, yeah, it's it's been a, a wild ride so far in the Major 1 qualifiers. There's been... Some teams, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, obviously with teams coming out of nowhere, it seems, being really competitive in the league. And now we're looking at the standings here. We have one, two, three, four, five teams that are tied for top six. A rocker top six, baby, with the hardest schedule. Hop off our Kool-Aid. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't feel good, though. It doesn't feel good to have um, the, I would say, very biasly with the rocker gear on, uh, that rocker had by far the toughest schedule in the qualifying section. Um, that does lead for rocker to be in the lower bracket or the loser's bracket, meaning on land, we can only lose one game before we are sent packing. So that's that's an issue, and that's I mean it's something that I do think the guys can bounce back from. I mean I think this team of of any of them um, has the ability to bounce back. They've shown resiliency in many ways previously, but I'm just I, I'm like okay, the hardest part is over. Let's get to land. Let's figure it the frick out. Uh, big shout out to Chrissy in the chat, by the way. Version one content creator. Let's go, girl. Let's go. Yo, Chrissy Let's was go. just, uh, she actually, you know what? I'm going to get hyped for a sec. Let's get hyped. <laughs> I don't know if we have it yet. Yo, producers, do we have the merch videos? Either one of them will work. But Ooh. guys, we've got new rocker merch. I'm not wearing it yet. I'm wearing one of my favorite hoodies right now. But we got new hoodies, new shirts. We got pants. You want to wear pants? Rocker your pants off? I'm sorry. Rocker your... No, wait. Rocker your socks off. I'm sorry. I This is... Listen, I really did plan this uh, much better in my head. But but no, we've got some great uh, brand new merch coming out um, very soon. If you go to shop.rocker... No, wait. Shoprocker... Fuck, I don't know the thing. No, it's... Yeah, shop.rocker.gg. Right. Uh, what a lovely ad read by yours truly. But no, the the video for it's really sick, uh, and it, it's the merch is really cool. And the reason I thought of that is because Chrissy is in both the version one and rocker merch videos. So shout out to her. Um, but so back to COD, rocker having a tough time with it. Obviously, I do. Like I said, I maintain we have the toughest schedule. Who do we end up playing? We played uh, Phase Faze Clan. Tough. That's a tough one. Um, it seemed like going into the phase match, they were, I would say, confident. But, I mean, when you're playing phase, it's, it's tough. It's, I think, the worst L we've taken so far. But it is also, as you just <laughs> kind of said in your opening monologue, like, they're 5-0, bro. They're the only 5-0 team 
in the league. They're the only team with five anything except for Paris Legion, who has five losses. So it's like, could you really expect much more than that? And then obviously Rocker going up against Sprawl. The name is escaping me so bad right now. Who did we play? The last match of the weekend was against LAG. LAG, that's who we played. I don't know why I was wanting to say Seattle, but I knew we already played them. That's my bad. Um, but yeah, we ended up playing LAG. It was actually really close. I mean, such a really, it's, I feel like we've played all like super entertaining series so far. Um, but I, you know, to me, it seemed like one of the most entertaining. And it was at the time, you know, we're thinking, okay, if we win this, maybe a tiebreaker goes our way and we're able to end up in the winner's bracket. But that obviously ended up not being the case. Um, from the rocker point of view, Icon, when you're watching the guys play, knowing that they have the toughest kind of schedule in the first, the first uh, major qualifiers here, how are you thinking the team's looking? Like, are you excited for Rocker to go into land? You're like, yeah, you know what? They had a tough break, but they're going to look awesome on land. Or are you looking at this team and you're saying, okay, they had some tough competition, but they weren't able to really rise to the occasion and do what they needed to do. What are your kind of thoughts on Rocker so far from what we've seen now that the qualifiers are done? Yeah, I think overall, and I know this might not be a real flashy take or whatever, but I feel like throughout the entirety of these first three or four weeks in this first major, I just felt like it's too early. And again, when you look up and down the schedule with who we've played, we started with that match against Optic, which we did end up winning. But as of right now, Optic seems like they're a top four, top three. I mean, the way that they ended the the third week of qualifiers optic was looking super hot and then we played seattle who at the time was the best team in the cdl especially with the performance that they had in the kickoff launch weekend and then you play london who has the second seed who is four and one who has just been going to town against everybody then you play phase and then you play lag lag is another one of those teams which could be a, a coin flip so Overall, you look, okay, we're going into this first major. We are in loser's bracket, but you also didn't really get any easy matches at all thrown your way in those first three weeks of qualifiers. There was no Paris. There was no NYSL. There was no Florida. There was no Boston. I mean, all of those teams, and yes, they have had some impressive victories, Also, but there were just none of those squads where it seems like we talk a lot that you have to beat the teams that you should beat and then play well against teams that are coin flips. And we haven't really had any of those matches. Whereas when you look back to what the format was last year, each group. So when you were playing your group matches, you had matches against some teams that were really good in your group. And you had matches against some teams that were the last team that was picked in your group. So it seemed like every split last year you had matches where okay we should win these and we have to do well against those others whereas when it comes to this year all of those matches are predetermined so you just have to play the schedule that's in front of you and take it from there so when i look at the performances heading into this first overall major i think that they're playing well and and a lot of this first major is going to come down to how do teams play online versus how do teams play on land and we can talk about these qualifier matches we can talk about the kickoff weekend which yes it was on land but there really weren't a ton of stakes being held for that one so when it comes to that first major on land 
I know it's tough to look at the schedule and see, okay, we're starting in loser's bracket and it's one loss and you're done or whatever, but it's just as easy to go on a roll in loser's bracket. So with the way they're playing as of late, the hard points, it, that was like the common theme of the show last week is what are we doing hard point? Seems like we're good at two, three, and five, but what do we do about those hard point matches? And then against LAG, we lose the map one by nine points. So that's literally one set of kills or one rotation, one clutch, two piece, and you end up winning that map. And then you win map four. So it seems like it's kind of up and down all over the place, but heading into the first major where it's on land, I would be confident and I believe we play the loser of LAG and London. So my guess would be that now again, so I almost did it myself. When I look at that matchup, I think, okay, well, London four and one, they're probably going to end up winning that match. Then you got to think, well, it's on land. And when you're playing on land against a team like LAG that has a slasher, that has a hook, that has an, a seam, right? Like these guys can pop off gunless. So again, it's a coin flip. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there, but you just have to be prepared against whoever you end up playing and and just be confident heading into it. Who do you think that rockers should want to play in this scenario to kind of go on the lower bracket run that, that you just mentioned to really get this thing started. You're looking, you play the loser of London and LAG. Obviously we fell to London and it was decently convincing from the London guys. And then obviously versus LAG really close map five nail biter. In my opinion, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I think you'd want to maybe play London um, just because it's tough to beat a team twice, especially when it's super recent in my, you know, non-pro player or coach opinion. <laughs> like it's, if you barely beat a team like LAG and then you have to play them in two weeks on land, that feels tough. Um, but if you play a team like London a few weeks ago, you know, they, they did their thing. You're able to really kind of recoup and then you go on land. I feel like I'd feel more confident with London, even though we've lost to them, but I'd love to know your thoughts. Honestly, I think both these teams are beatable. I think right now you probably want to shy away from an Atlanta phase and maybe an LA Thieves because I don't know what it is. I just have this thought about LA Thieves that they're going to be a top two, top three squad. Other than that, like I kind of said in the opener, I think all of these teams are really in the same basket and we're not going to know until maybe after the first major or a couple majors who really starts to distance themselves from the others. Like, just for example, after the first two weeks of qualifiers, we thought, I don't know what's going on with Seattle Surge, but they're hands down the best team in the game. And then after the third week of qualifiers, they kind of settle back down into that middle of the pack. And the storylines are just kind of all over the place still. So I guess if I had to pick who I'd want to play, would probably be London, even though they're four and one. Just the fact that it's on land, I think Slasher and Gunless and Hook and Asim, I think those guys can be really dangerous when it comes to land. They're one of those rosters that when it was announced last year around the roster mania time, I thought, ooh, this is immediately the best roster that LAG has had. And this is probably going to be the best season that that organization has had so far in the CDL. I think they're dangerous, especially on land. We all know the history of those guys. So I would probably, at this point in time, rather see London. Now, 
moving forward, once London gets, you know, a major or two of experience under their belt, that, of course, could change. But for right now, let's go with London and then maybe we'll kick the can down the road and see LAG later. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, Rocker fans, especially been watching since year one, you know, a CM turns up on land. This this kid's <laughs> jumping out of his chair. He's flexing at the crowd. He's screaming like it's a different vibe on land. And that's not to say that the London guys will be worse on land because they're obviously a very good team. But, you know, they have some they have some quite new players that maybe don't have that main stage experience. So, yeah, I'm hoping for London uh, lower bracket round one but honestly at this point it's like we mentioned before like yeah you have the hardest you know qualifier break here but you you gotta beat everyone anyway to win the land right like you're not gonna yep. the teams in this league are so freaking competitive you're not gonna get like an easy side of the bracket or an easy way to a chip you gotta do it the hard way and unfortunately we're doing it the really hard way starting from losers bracket but if there's any team that i think has the bounce back ability, the it's never chalked vibe, it's rocker, and they can make, <laughs> you know, a, a nice run. So, you know, looking at uh, the 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 famous tiebreaker, honestly, I kind of know you're like way better at math than me, and I don't know how much you've studied this, so I'm putting you on the spot. But good Lord, we have a five-way tiebreaker right here for top six. Like I said, right by god is that kingdom's music here he comes down the ramp he's coming <laughs> to the ring what's up kingdom bro how you been uh been good uh, i had to drop off my kids oh, I don't and hear i you quite oh you no you're muted in discord yeah you're muted in discord oh i gotta keep you guys come back kingdom. i gotta keep you guys on your toes there he goes there he is goes. let's go <laughs> hey what's up guys yeah i was dropping off my Yo. kids and racing um I won't say yeah. I was driving illegally, but I was yeah, driving pretty fast. Yeah, you were going the speed limit for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I came in my garb just for Icon. You know, I was thinking about him. Ooh, what? there it is. I knew <laughs> it was coming. What is going to do? That's a throwback classic at this point. I bought it the moment they announced that they were combining with Optic. I bought this. <laughs> That's a damn relic. Honestly, shout out, uh, shout out to that Brandy. I know Joe Fry's had a huge part um, in in developing that brand or that logo so big shots to joe fries who's now who now obviously works for virgil one and rocker um dude listen kingdom i'm so glad you can make it and i'm glad you're safe no worries on being late levi was you know doing his best to fill in for you but obviously <laughs> he you know he had takes that were only a little bit better than yours so i'm just kidding but, but no he was we were vibing. We were just kind of recapping, obviously, the weekend, Rocker's performance thus far. And now we're going to look at the tiebreaker gate, I guess, if you will. The, the Twitter fingers were moving um, on this one because, obviously, you have five teams at two and three. And to me, it looks like Florida won the least amount of maps. But, yeah, I mean, we're all kind of in losers anyway, right? So it's like yeah. it's tough. It's a tough break. Um I am not good at math, so I wasn't able to like really look at the tiebreakers too much and assess too much and say, oh, we got screwed over. Oh, no, we didn't. I think if there was anything that you know hurt us, it was just the strength of our schedule, which I do wish was factored in a little bit more when it comes to a tiebreaker. But what do I know? I just work here. I just talk smack every Tuesday night. So Icon, what was your, and, and Kingdom, of course, what was your take on uh, the tiebreakers here, tiebreaker thon 2022? Uh, definitely yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead, Icon. 
No, you're new. You're new. Go ahead. Let's hear, <laughs> so, let's hear your first it, thoughts. It, well, it definitely was confusing. Um, you know, I remember hearing that it was coming, and, you know, this is the thing. It's happened multiple years, three years in a row. Like, whenever the rocker is caught in a tiebreaker, they get the short end of the stick. <laughs> it's like, uh, so this was, I was just sitting there like, oh, man, this is hard. Uh, so does it seem fair? I don't even know how you do the calculations with all of this. So I don't know if fair is a word we can use. For me, I kind of went, well, if you look at wins, it's a little bit different. But if you look at losses, it kind of makes sense the way that they did. You know, it's like there's kind of a couple of them that are thrown in different areas. Uh, but I also feel like this is one of those things we talked about it last year. It's like sometimes a W matters that much, you know, and it's like those, those missed opportunities for wins, uh, you get caught in these kind of tiebreakers and it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's it's like Minnesota being at the bottom of the two threes. That's really rough. Um, I don't I don't know how what the formula is or how they did this. Um and I feel like, again, we're going to say the same thing about Minnesota that we would say last year when they got caught in these type of circumstances, which is like three and two, what, you know, like got to get that three and two to feel safe. And you still might somehow get caught up in the ultra tiebreaker. Seven teams got three and two or something crazy. But so I, I don't know if it's fair because I, I don't know the criteria that they used. I haven't seen anybody break it down to where it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, but if I look at losses, I'm like, OK, Minnesota lost 13 maps. The next place was 14. The next place is 15. Sure, I guess I in some way understand, even though they won more maps than the team above them and they tied with wins of Ultra. Um, but if you count map losses overall, I could see how they could be tied for sixth with five other teams, unfortunately. Yeah, so tiebreakers here, it comes down to series win-loss, and then it comes down to map win-loss percentage. So when you look at map win-loss percentage, the thing that really hurt us there is the 3-0 loss to Atlanta Phase and the 3-1 loss to the London Royal Ravens. So if you win two maps there, then you're 11-13 and and your map win-loss percentage is a bit uh... different. So that's why when you go through and you look at all the two-win, three-loss teams, like Toronto is 500, right? Nine maps won, yep. nine maps lost. And then it just goes down a little bit percentage-wise from there. So, um, yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway from that is that, again, when you touch on how the format used to be last year, it was way easier to place teams where they would be because you weren't going to have a huge number of ties like this. Whereas this year, you're seeding teams 1 through 12. So you're going to have ties all over the place. So that just places an increased emphasis on making sure you don't get swept, right? If you go down 0-3, anybody you're going to tie with, basically, you're going to be underneath them. Unless, of course, there's some sort of head-to-head -head in there as well. So when it comes to the 2-3 and three, you know, tiebreaker with the five or six squads that are all sitting there at 2 or 3, you just got to avoid getting swept and try to force as many game fives as you can so that if there is a tie, you get the better seating heading into the playoffs. Dumb question. And this is just me probably interpreting what you just said wrong. Like if we would have won, like to me, the map win, well, no, because if you're winning the series, you're getting three no matter what. So you just want to win convincingly. And if you lose, go to map five, basically. That's what you're saying. Yep. Yep. 
So dumb question. Why is LAG so much higher than us, even though we beat them, Icon? We beat them. <laughs> we beat them. I got questions. Yeah. <laughs> my, my guess would be that head to, it looks like head to head would be if your overall record is the same and your map win loss is the same. So I think that's the criteria is series win loss, map win loss, and then. So head to head is last. That's what you're that. saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. So head to heads are last. Listen, I'm going to write a letter because I just don't know if that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the, I mean, the the map percentage difference does make sense, right? Like if you're out there, like you beat a couple whatever teams, but then you're, you know, obviously getting smacked by the good teams that, you know, that, that makes sense to me. But yeah, I mean, we beat LAG, you know? So I just feel like seeing them above us kind of uh, grinds my gears a little bit. But hey, it's like Motto Jansen in the YouTube chat says... We'll start to know more after land. That's what it's all about. Online Big is facts. fugaz, fugaz. I don't know how to say that. Um, don't judge me, okay? I'm just a 32-year-old lady. All right, I don't know what that means. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, on, like online, trash. Land, yeah, let's go. I'm hyped up for the event. Absolutely the most, the most, yo, what kids of you okay? Hey, he's back. <laughs> he back. Let's go. He's back. <laughs> Bye, God. Kingdom's music, he's back again. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding, but but yeah, I you know, I don't know, man. I'm I listen, can I, is it okay? Is this a safe space for me to yes. be a salty rocker fan? I think it is. Absolutely, rotation Absolutely. This. I mean, that's what I've been doing on this channel for uh three years almost now, just being as <laughs> like I'm biased, I'm salty. We had the hardest schedule, yeah, we're starting losers bracket, but nah, it's time. It's time. It's time to turn up on land. The first land of the year, it's going to be down in Dallas, Texas in, I forget when, I think the first week of March. March? Oh my God, it's March already. I hope the snow melts. Dude, I don't know if it's snowing where you guys are, but any other Minnesotans in the chat, bro, your girl's got the forearm strength after shoveling. I'll tell you that much. And my back hurts. First week of March is next weekend. Third through sixth. Yep. Yeah, so I'm pretty hype about that. Uh, I mean, so we we kind of recapped, you know, the rocker performance uh, of the first like qualifying stage here, Kingdom, before you got on. I'd love to know kind of uh, your recap of rocker's overall performance. Obviously, you know, you're factoring in the toughness of the schedule, but just also like it's it's like I can't remember if you're here when I said this, but like if you're gonna win a, a chip. You gotta beat anybody, beat everybody anyway. So, like, is the strength of the schedule really an excuse or not? I would just love to know kind of your thoughts overall on the first, uh, you know, quali major qualifiers. Uh, your thoughts on Rocker? Um, I feel like the loss to Phase. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was expected. Of course, I don't think they. I don't think I expected them to lose the way they did. Um, yes, Celium is freaking blowing people out of the water right now and if i've learned anything from the qualifiers it's that phase is still phase unfortunately for the rest of the league um and looking at their stats and selium is playing better than he's ever played that's trouble i would not want to face off against someone with that level of skill as a flex you know it it's got to be scary um on the rocker point i think the loss to london uh is unfortunately the one that they probably should have gotten and they would have had a 3-2. Uh, that team is beatable, in my opinion, especially by this Rocker team. 
I feel like their experience and the teamwork that they have, like all of the attributes and values that, you know, the Rocker as a team bring to the table. Uh, I think that is the team that they should have beat. And that's the one loss that's hurting them the most, in my opinion. And losing 3-1, like Icon said, losing 3-0 to FaZe, hey, that hurt. You know, I mean, unfortunately, like, but FaZe is 15-5. and five. You know, they're doing it again. You know, so it's kind of like you look at that loss and you say, chalk it up different rotations next time you know we almost kind of got close in the search let's just do better in the future against them um but that puts you with every other team in the league if you're struggling against fates um and so i think that the london royal ravens uh was the was the moment that they had um to do a bit better uh i also there is an identity thing with the minnesota rocker where they are identified as a team very similar to the other Purple North team, where you don't point out a lot of individual talent for the Rocker as much as we did like when Standy started last year. And I feel like the more room that the Rocker can make for him to just fry and annoy people, like what I've learned about Call of Duty League is these days, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going against Simp and Abizi. I'm going against Dashy, who has the least traded kills in the league. I'm, you know, it's like you're always talking about it's Sib and Pred and they're 1.5. Not anymore, but, you know, it's like you're always talking about a specific player that you're kind of scared of. When you're going against Toronto, people say it's their teamwork that I'm afraid of. When you're going against the Rocker, a lot of people say it's their search and destroy because of their teamwork. Um, I think that the conversation needs to go back to the whole, like, let's be afraid of standing. You know, like this dude is one of the best SMGs in the league and he's dangerous on the map and you better watch out for him. You know, that little bit of intimidation can help, uh, especially in the online matches. I do think I'm hoping that the rocker fan base is present from a distance uh, at the major and that they have some representation because some of these matches are going to be impacted by fans. You know, it, there's some teams here that really haven't had to go up against some of these fan bases screaming and yelling. And this is an optic home match like a, an optic major the green wall is going to be out in full force and so a lot of teams are going to hear some booze just because they're going to go against optic or they might go against optic and so i think the rocker have an amazing fan base uh and i hope that some of them show up and i think that can make a difference to tip the scales for them absolutely i think so and i definitely agree um on the fan point i think you know land just hits different baby i always get so excited like yeah the kickoff event being on land that was nice right but like it's for real now this matters you know winning this you know this tournament right like this this would be a huge way to set the tone for the rest of the year and no offense to phase but here's to hoping not phase wins right like i love that phase is in the middle of their dynasty but I also like let's you know this league is so competitive. Yeah. Let's prove it on land. Let's freaking go! I really want Rocker to win, bro. So biased. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Let's get into some fan questions. We don't have any predictions uh, right now. I think we're gonna wait to do our predictions next week. That way, you know, if anything like develops in this week, or just we're able to kind of you know, I'm gonna go watch some tape. You know, study a little bit. Uh, to hopefully make some accurate predictions. Wait, did we ever see uh, the predictions from last week? Do we have those results? I actually have not seen them yet. So if Shannon, it's producer Shannon and Will, it's okay if we don't have them yet. Um, but y'all, I was just wondering how I did. I want to see how I stack up. I can't remember <laughs> what I predicted. I do think we, I got an upset in there somewhere. 
Did you guys at all talk a little bit about? Oh, there the yo! Look at me. Seattle oh, and Optic. Oh man, uh, sadness. Yo, midnight. Yeah, what you doing look- way down there? Hey now, listen. <laughs> I, just, I know you guys are so you know butthurt about last year that I want to let you guys get a lead, okay? I want to let you get a lead, dude. I was so pissed. I really thought that I predicted that Paris would get a map versus LA, uh, LA Thieves, but I didn't. I thought for sure I would get the map count right, but I didn't. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, I can't believe I picked against Optic. Who even am I? What I need to go back to pick it with my heart <laughs> and my gut. Like honestly, whatever, bro. Like <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. The ma- the first major is where I make I make some noise because if there's anything I can do best in this world, it's predict land wins and losses. So I got you guys next week. But hey, congrats. I mean, you guys look look icon just above Kingdom by five points right now. Well, is there another Crazy. day, or is this Sheesh. the only day? Is there another day? Yeah, is there another day? Or was this the total? Or was this was this a day? No, this is this is one I thought of the I days, picked but our to win total. In one of the matches, yeah. Oh, the totals are accurate. Okay. I think I don't know. Don't ask me. I didn't do the math. I'm Five not a math like I Dude, you're 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 nipping at the heels. Listen, I'm one, like one upset pick and one rocker win away from just being right there with y'all. So did you guys freaking see? Uh, did you guys talk about optic in Seattle from, uh, last weekend? change we saw in both yeah i mean we saw oh, okay. we talked about yeah like icon did but did you have any thoughts on on those no those man i was just listening so i was just listening to uh aches and enable and the boys uh parasite and sensor talking about seattle and they had very polarizing opinions you know um it was you know in one way uh they looked hot but they two of their wins were game five round 11 you know where you know, Lamar iced up. And if he didn't ice up, they'd be one and four right now, you know, and that was kind of Aix's take on it. You know, it was just that, like, uh, we'll see how they do on land. Um, Sib and Pred both fell off drastically in the last two matches versus the first couple of matches, uh, the first three. And so uh, there is a, def- a definite polarizing, like a polar opposite that they've turned into. But Optic is the same where Optic kind of lost two round 11s. You know, they could have won those two and been 5-0 and right now. And none of us would be saying anything about their roster or anything like that. Um, you know, we talked about you and I, which is weird that we didn't pick them tonight. But we both talked about how bad we wanted to see Optic research. I'm pissed. And, I should like, And, oh, okay, here's the. Oh, these score. are Saturdays. Yo, oh, hey. so I got one right. Oh, me and I. Oh, wait, I do have 50 Jeez. points. I got 50 points. Hey. Toronto really screwed us all over this. Week. Yeah, they did. On, <laughs> yeah. So did Seattle. Like, man, they just so. Uh, and I think that those teams in general, like uh, a point though that was made by Sensor that I really do agree with is like Sib and Pred um, and Lamar all are experienced at dealing with difficulty, and they're not gonna just like get down on themselves and not play well. And also, we've seen them play on land; they're not shook. Um, Sib is a very like highly motivated individual and wants to impress others and has a lot of pride in his gameplay. And so I think land optic, right? First round, we're going to get to see the true Seattle surge and the true optic gaming, you know, um, or optic Texas, sorry. (laughs) We'll get to see (laughs) both of them and see what they can do. And I'm actually interested in that match a lot. And I'm excited for us to predict it next week um, because I think if Surge gets kicked down to losers, they could be in trouble. I think if Optic gets kicked down to losers, they could be in trouble. One of these two teams is going to finish outside of 
top four as a result of that first round. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see who it is and who takes it. So I'm, it's a tale of two opposites. You know, one team started high, went low. One team started low, went high. Optic is looking like one of the best teams in the game right now. You can't take it away from Seattle. Let's see what they do on land. Um, and then Toronto, kind of same thing. Them up against the LA Thieves is a big test. They haven't been the same since, like, they had to remove somebody for COVID, and they, they just haven't looked exactly the same. They've looked like the same team, but they've taken a couple of L's. And it'll be interesting to see how they do against the LA Thieves, best hardpoint team in the game. So I'm excited for those takeaways that happened this past weekend. I love the trauma of Call of Duty and you know, never disappoint. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to get into our predictions next next week, but just looking at the matchups here, I'd say the matchup, you know, other than watching Rocker makes a, a loser's bracket run, I'm looking at that Optic and Surge matches. That's going to be crazy. Um, the Thieves versus Ultra match, I also think, is going to be an absolute bomb ban. It's yes. going to be crazy. <laughs> and then, I mean, yeah, all of these look really good. And then, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping London Royal Ravens able to, to drop down and come see, uh, come see Rocket's <laughs> different vibe on land. Um, so it'll be a diff, hopefully, different results from the last time we played. Um, but no, I love yeah, it. For sure. So next week, let's get into some fan cues. On this two 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 Tuesday, uh, we got D Man uh, asking Rocker seem to go map five a lot. How do they improve closing out series sooner? All right, short answer: win the hard points. I think we only won one hard point in this uh, you know major one qualifier stint, and it was against um, God. Why can't I remember their freaking name? Icon. Not Seattle, but LAG. LAG, sorry. Um, but yeah, LAG, we're able to win a hard point there. And I know that's, you know, that's obviously an improvement point from from the rest of, of our matches. But you got to do that more if you want to avoid going to map five. You know, you can't just win the searches and hope that you steal a respawn. That's not a championship winning, um, you know, driver. So I think start winning those hard points and you know we saw some improvement there uh but hopefully they can keep that going kingdom icon what are your thoughts there how do they improve and close out series sooner they got to win map map one in my opinion i know i said this last week i just really feel like for the rocker because of how much confidence they have in search winning map one is going to make it likely that they win map two and go up 2-0 and they can close the series out a lot sooner and I don't, you know, Icon is way more technical um, when it comes to gameplay and rotations and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know exactly what's missing, what the ingredient is, but their breaks got to be flawless. Um, and they have to put a lot of time into being ready to go the moment map one starts in the match. Like no warm up needed. We are ready to fry. Uh, and they and some of these teams hit punch hard at the beginning of that first map. And I think the Rocker, if they can do that consistently enough, um, they're a scary team and they and they can hold that lead, I would hope, for the rest of the map. And so I just think it comes down to map one. I know that's, I mean, probably not the best answer, but I feel like map one is really, really important to a team like this that's really, really skilled at uh, search and destroy. So one, one point that I'll make is that when you look back to previous years of the CDL and you think about those iterations of the Rocker roster, it has always been, or at least a lot of the time before Standy, it has been, you got to win two, three, five. The problem this year is that our control record is one win, four losses. So our worst mode is control. 
And it seems like that is something that's overlooked. So when it comes to hard point, we're three and six. So that's a 33% win percentage control. We're one and four, that's 20%. Whereas, and again, I know S&D wins championships and you have to win your hard points and all that is stressed, but the best control teams are also some of our highest seeded teams. You look at Optic, you look at London, you look at LATs, you look at Atlanta Face. Those are the four best control teams in the CDL right now. And it just so happens that they're all starting in winner's bracket. So yes, it's going to map five a lot, but we're so good at S&D that if you're losing map one, then also losing map three, it's really hard to even get to map five. And I think that has a lot to do with why of the two and three ranked teams, like or of the teams that were two wins, three losses, we're at the bottom there because the recipe for success in previous iterations of Call of Duty and the Minnesota Rocker have been two, three, five, but the three is not there this year and we're still struggling at hard points. So yeah, we're winning a ton of our S&Ds and if we can get to a map five, then we've got a pretty decent chance of winning that map five, like the win against Optic, that first matchup, we won the round 11, won the map five, came away with that victory. In the match against LAG, we got it to map five. That one was pretty decisive, won that 6-2. So, yes, it's going to map five a lot. And if we can get it there, then we're winning a lot. But the problem is that we're losing the hard points, losing the control most, and it's just so hard to get to map five and get late in these series. So basically, we just need to win more maps to not go to map five. <laughs> <laughs> to exactly. break it down. That was, I mean, you brought in the percentage points. You brought in it all, dude. You, I mean, it it makes sense, though, right? Like, perform better and respawn and don't end up in these sticky situations. To your point, when you go map five and you're one of the better search teams in the league, you feel at least a little more confident than maybe going into another respawn. But I think if this team improves in their respawn game, they are absolutely terrifying uh i'm gonna throw in another a, a chat question that i saw uh from peace podcast let's go how do y'all feel about cod not being yearly anymore that just came out today was it charlie intel well and it's kind of uh, still skeptical i guess based skeptical, on the response skeptical from if it's gonna happen or skeptical if it'll well, be good. Activision responded and said something like, I haven't seen that yet. You know, well, you can look at Charlie Intel's most recent tweet. Yeah, I yeah, think, I see. But... So this is the act. So here, let me just, let's start from yep, Grand Zero here and build up. Um, so breaking, this is from Charlie Intel. Shout out to Charlie Intel. I've been following them since uh, 1939 over here. Uh, Charlie <laughs> Intel says, breaking, Bloomberg says Activision to release another free-to-play Call of Duty title next year which sounds separate from Warzone. That's not the right tweet that I wanted to read. Um, geez. Okay, here we go. Um, bro, there's so many, there's so many tweets There's here. a lot. They went, they, they went, they did a lot of it. They went absolutely hand. Yeah. Long story long. Here we go. Here we go. Here's, I found the actual tweet. Sorry, there were so many breaking tweets from Charlie Intel. That's on me. Uh, but breaking, Activision will not release a new Call of Duty game in 2023. So not this fall, but next fall. Delaying it by a year. This year's new Modern Warfare game will still release this fall with the next year being off source Bloomberg. Um, so I, to follow that up, Activision <laughs> came out with a statement pretty quick. Wish they would uh, come out with more statements oh. about things that are happening and then maybe 
some positive actions behind this. But so they said, we have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year. Next year and beyond, reports of anything otherwise are incorrect. We, I don't know why I read it like that. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. All right, that's my first time hearing and seeing. So that just came out an hour ago while we were doing sound check and stuff. But my like knee-jerk take, here's what they should do. Listen, this is free advice, Call of Duty, okay? They should stagger it, bro. New Warzone comes out this fall. New Call of Duty comes out next fall. Boom, boom, one-two puncher. Uh, does that sound legit? Like, as far as how that would affect the CDL, obviously you'd have to play the multiplayer version of Call of Duty for two seasons instead of one, which would be the first time that's ever happened, right? What? That'd be yes. insane. So, I mean, do you guys think this is true? And if it's true, is this good? What do you think? You want to go first or second? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll just tackle this first. Um, I guess the first point I'll make here is that I, I think it makes sense. So I feel like when you look back through the last handful of games, when's the last time we've really had a polished, ready-to-go, on-launch date Call of Duty title? I mean, <sighs> League Play has been four months late for the last how many years? It seems like the competitive scene is, you know, something that gets overlooked. And then a few months later, you know, there's some patches and league plays introduced. And now the CDL season's just getting going and whatnot. So I guess my first kind of take at this would just be that I think spacing it out could have a, a much better effect for both the CDL and the public because it seems like, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm to a point where, okay, Call of Duty releases, I'll play it for like a couple weekends or a Literally. couple weeks. Same. And then, and then I just kind of move on. And then like, for me personally, I've been playing Valorant for like three months. I just, I can't stop playing Valorant and I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it seems like, okay, every November I, I come back to Call of Duty and I play it for a couple weeks. And then that's that. So I guess one other point here is that it seemed like it was always in a cycle, right? IW would make a Call of Duty and then Sledgehammer and then Treyarch and it would go back and forth. But now it seems like even with Vanguard, there's Sledgehammer working on certain parts of this game and yeah. Treyarch is, is tackling one part and then you have Raven who's doing PC stuff. And then you, it seems like almost to a point where all these different studios are tasked with different sections of the game and the end result is that yes, you get a finished product, but when does each of those developers have time to just make their portion or the game that they're specifically releasing, making that game great? It seems like as of late, like I think Black Ops Cold War was pretty good, honestly, but this Vanguard Call of Duty game has just, it's kind of been a mess. We didn't have control for the first couple months. That the was spawns, bizarre. What the heck? Yeah, we, I mean, you have this league, this professional league that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and you don't have a third game mode that works properly. It's just, I just think that we should slow down, relax. If it goes to, honestly, I hadn't really thought, but if you do, you know, a new Call of Duty title one year and then the next year you focus on Warzone, that would just give that one developer two years of a cycle to make sure that league play is ready to go, to make sure that all of the game modes work properly, to make sure 
that we don't have to deal with squad spawns because they're just terrible. And if you get into a hill and it's contested, then one team should spawn above the hill and the other team should spawn below the hill and it should become a contested hill. Whereas in a game like this, if there's any sort of contested hills in hardpoint, whoever has the back spawns is going to continue to get those back spawns no matter what, unless all four players go down at the same time. And I know that's kind of like a technical aspect of this, but it almost even deters me viewing competitive Call of Duty in some ways because I'm watching hardpoint matches and there's a team that pushes forward and they get a three-piece inside the hill and that should be their hill. And then the team that had the back spawns just because one person is playing back there gets those back spawns again and they still have control of the hill. It's almost to a point where it doesn't feel like fundamental call of duty to me. So I guess my, my, my first, I'll tell you when I first saw these tweets, my first reaction was I, I kind of misread it. And I thought that this fall, there wasn't a new call of duty coming out. So that would be and crazy. I, <laughs> and I felt really bad for the pros playing Vanguard. Cause they'd have to play this for two years Ooh. straight. So I guess my first thought was, well, thank goodness, at least the last time we had an MW game, it was pretty good all in all. The time to kill was pretty fast and there were squad spawns. But overall, you had your game modes and you kind of knew how to play and so on and so forth. So my second thought is maybe this is good to just slow it down, spend a bit more time in development, build up the hype for whatever Call of Duty title is coming next, and then just make sure it's 100% polished going into the next release. You know, Jared in the chat saying spacing it out would be beneficial to the franchise. I think back in the day, maybe not. Yeah, I, I mean, if this would have come out like five years ago, we would have been like, what the what the heck? Like, this makes, to me, this makes sense just based on what we're seeing. I mean, what was it last year, the year before? Sledgehammer needed help and Big Daddy Treyarch came in and helped release that Call of Duty. Um, as you mentioned, like there's, incomplete parts of the game we're currently playing and they're finally coming to fruition now and then you have this huge juggernaut that is warzone that is a, like a completely uh separate successful title so one more thing from the chat from jason Cherk being pulled in all different directions with zombie and ranked for sledge this year it's definitely going to be good to give them more time if modern warfare 2 is a good game by the way i'm still confused and not up to date the Mo modern warfare 2 from 2010, shout out to Optic Midnight. <laughs> now it's Modern Warfare 2 2? So it's 20, like Modern 2019 Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. 2019, but the sequel to that, which is right. a non sequel to the Modern Warfare <laughs> from COD 4 2008. So it's modern yo i just realized there's gonna be a new generation of COD players and kids that like Modern Warfare 2 is going to be this Modern Warfare 2 2. <laughs> this is their MW2. Tuesday, bro. <laughs> this is too much for my brain, man. Kingdom, what do you think? Is it beneficial for Call of Duty to release Leap Year, or should they suck it up and start to get back to the old ways and release good Call of Duties once a year? And um, how do you think that affects CDL? I think if there was no Twitter, um, do it every year. But I cannot imagine the I cannot imagine the mental health of anyone that makes a game these days that has to then be perfect at launch and has to have ranked play, has to have zombies, has to have a fun BR, has to have like it, it is I cannot imagine what it's like to 
you know, you're at Treyarch, you develop a game, you drop it, you're like, yeah, everybody's so excited, we're back. <laughs> and then you're sitting at home watching your Aww. favorite streamer Aww. rage over the game. That's like, brutal. And to be honest, like, <laughs> it's not fair. They don't have enough time to make the type of game that we demand. I mean, that's the reality yeah, is that true. they can't supply the demand of fans. And, and even though the massive amount of players are not on Twitter, they don't know who Octane is. You know, they might know Stump because of his videos. But they, there's a lot of these players, they're competitive. They don't even know who they are. And so when that player is raging about some attachment, they don't, they, they're they like, this game is so fun. I love it. I only play for three hours a day. I die to a hacker, but I don't even notice it's a hacker. You know, but if you go on Twitter and you hear from any Warzone creators, hacking is all that happens on Warzone. And so yeah, that's I true. think that it's... Them I dang influencers, that, man. Them dang. I mean, look, I am a talent manager. I have 80 influencers that I have to manage. I get it. I understand. They want every game to be perfect because they have to play it for 10 hours in a row. And if they yeah. die to hackers three times, that ruins their whole stream. And so <clears> the reality <throat> is these games weren't be made. They weren't made to be played at that level. But content creation, YouTube, Twitch, uh, all the other platforms, Facebook, everybody else, it all has created a totally different way of playing games. And there's a demand that never existed before. And I believe that, like, even I'm listening to a podcast today about um, esports and about the league. And it's like, how is it that these GAs aren't in the game already? And it's like, I mean, they might have like 700,000 other things to fix, you know, like we just don't know the trouble tickets that they're getting. Um, and so I think it will 100% be good for COD, not good for their pockets though, unless, you know, they're, they're supposed to, I think yeah, I'm allowed to say this because I don't have any actual deets, but I know there's supposed to be like a Warzone mobile coming out, um, which I'll be playing a lot of, of course. Um, I, COD Mobile <laughs> 2 is what it's rumored to be called and all this stuff. Um, no, that has... There's another 2? Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, think, of, think about, like, look, think about this. Everybody's complaining about maps and everything. Every day, I'm playing Raid, I'm playing Standoff, I'm playing Crash, I'm playing maps Dang. that are the best from every single Call of Duty on COD Mobile. That's There's creator cool. skins already in the game. Like, it's so doing something it could... that Go ahead, Can go ahead. COD Mobile just let's just make normal Call of Duty do that? No. That so it's easier, I think, to change the mobile game and update it than it is to change like the PC console. And I I think that honestly, if I'm honest, you know, think about CS:GO. There's maps that have existed for like ten years. Yep. And they've been able to tweak the littlest pebble that's in the wrong corner that people complain about. But in Call of Duty. You've got like one month at the start of the game to fix it. And if you don't, the rest of the game, the pro players in the community are going to be raging about something that's not right. You know, oh, we didn't use snipers all last year and it's the developer's fault. It's like, well, unfortunately, when they made the game, they weren't thinking about esports sniping, you know. And I love that Rambo was at Sledgehammer. I love that these people are Merc and Maven. All these guys are talking to the developers, trying their hardest. Giving us two years, I think, would be groundbreaking. There were years, Black Ops 2, man, I would have loved another year of it, even though Ghost wasn't bad. Modern Warfare 3, I would have loved another year of that as well, even though, of course, you know, Black Ops 2 was amazing. But it's like, in honest, in all honesty, I would like a been... decade of Black Ops 2, please. I, hey, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bro. I'm down. So that's my two cents, is that I'm going to, my two cents is that the developers need a break so that they can produce yeah. something that we'll like. And think about it. If they had two years... Mm. 
there was an after year one, everything would be fixed. The game modes would be perfect. The smokes would be perfect. The snipes would be perfect. Everything would be balanced. The GAs would be in-game, in-ranked. Your rank would carry from year to year. You'd be able to see how good you actually are. I And then players wouldn't basically get kicked out of the league because they can't keep up with the new mechanics. And so I really think that it will help esports overall to build a more robust and longer-term fan base. Dude, in my opinion, to contextualize this with CDL, uh, a leap year release schedule for Call of Duty and how that would affect the the CDL season to season would only be good if everything that you just said is true, right? Like if the two, if the extra year for development, and don't get me wrong, like I do think these developers, they are on a crazy time crunch, I'm sure. I can't even imagine what it's like to to work there and with the in as you as you guys mentioned the insatiable desire from the call of duty community never satisfied always want the most there's so many different communities within the cod community to try to please um but if if they're actually able to take that extra year and make sure that the game comes out polished and good and that the pillars that we need within that call of duty are freaking sick then yeah cdl is gonna be amazing right like you can deal with two years in a row now if the call of duty is quote unquote bad you know in in accordance to like cdl players or influencers as you were mentioning like they're on twitter like oh my god we got two years of this thing (laughs) figure it out man suck it up or go play warzone i don't know what to tell you like i I do hope that the the extent if this is true we don't even know this is true by the way this is just literally like we're reading tweets okay we're we're just sitting here on a two 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 Tuesday, uh, reading tweets and theorizing. <laughs> but I think that you know it could be a good thing. But if it's another like the game comes out broken or there is absolutely no part of the competitive Call of Duty scene that year two with this longer release schedule, then a two year life cycle game in CDL makes me nervous um but we'll figure it out right anyway just a quick question from the chat that put us on a 10 minute tirade (laughs) Uh, let's go back to our fan questions um from twitter and instagram cj sour apple says after seeing the first set of qualifying rounds do you think rocker can make a run at the major uh yeah listen i'm biased of course but i've spent almost this almost this whole episode saying that hashtag is never chalked i believe that the guys can make a, a loser's bracket run is it going to be easy no is it highly probable no but do i think that they can yes if they go in with the right attitude and if we see them turn up on land in a way that i think that they can anything's possible and you know what why not just top ourselves from last year right Coming back in a best of nine, down from 04. Coming back for our first chip, down from the lower bracket. I mean, it seems possible, but I'm also, you know, extremely biased, right? I'm drinking the purple Kool-Aid every day of my life. So, Kingdom Icon, do you think that they can make a run? And, I mean, this is person's not even saying win. Just make a really good run at the major on LAN. I mean, my personal opinion is that any team outside of Paris can make a run at this major. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times, like in the opener and a little bit after that, but can London, can LA Thieves, can Optic, can Seattle, can Toronto, can LA? I mean, you can go down the list. I think any of those teams can make a run at the major. I could see Florida winning three matches. I could see us winning three or four matches. I, I think it's so wide open that I think the only team 
for me that stands out right now is the Atlanta phase. So if you're not playing the Atlanta phase, then I feel like, yeah, absolutely. Especially our first match is going to be against either London or LAG. That is absolutely winnable. And then after that, your second matchup is going to be against NYSL or whoever loses between LA Thieves and Toronto Ultra. So that gets a little bit more difficult, but in no sense of the word are those teams unbeatable i think atlanta phase would probably scare me right now and other than that i think any other team is going to be a toss-up just because again it's been kind of so back and forth when you have six teams that are tied with the record at two and three after a few weeks of online qualifiers that just shows you not only how competitive the league is but how kind of uh spread out it is and and where the chances lie so yeah, uh, can can Rocker make a run at the major? Absolutely. I could see them getting into the losers bracket round three, losers bracket round four. And and again, I don't see why they couldn't even go further than that, just because, like I've already mentioned a couple times, Atlanta phase scares me. I don't think Boston's going to beat them. I don't think Optic or Seattle is going to beat them. I mean, maybe so Optic imagine. would give them... <laughs> maybe optic would give them a run for their money but other than that i think that they're going to walk all the way to at least the winner's final so you're not going to see them for at least three or four rounds so yeah they can absolutely make a run at this major and i think that's what makes this so appealing is that there are so many teams that can also do that yeah i, th I mean of course uh i think the it's going to be how they start each round has its own challenge you know if they get into the second round it's kind of like you know, a hungry thieves team or a, you know, downtrodden that needs a resurgence Toronto team that I think both will be subliners. And so, but it is land, maybe Grim and Clay show up different. Maybe they bring Neptune, who knows? Um, so it's like, if you can beat that first team, whether it's London or lag, which of course is winnable. Um, the second round is going to be a team that got beat by, you, you know, I mean, the, it's, if it's the Thieves, they got beat by Toronto and maybe, you know, with their chop, licking their chops a little bit, maybe the Rocker can push through. If it's Toronto, same thing. They got beat by the Thieves. If it's Toronto, I think the Rocker get the W. I think they show the true north in that match for sure. I think if it's LAT, it's going to be tough. Where I'm concerned is round three, to be honest. That's going to be where the run gets difficult because it's going to be like the Breach or the Surge or Optic or Phase or something like that. I think um, that's who they would see. and. Honestly, the funny thing is, I think they match up well against all of those teams. I mean, they took the Surge to five. They took Optic to five. I think they match up well against the Breach. They think they match up well against FaZe. I mean, every team, to Icon's point, FaZe is just... I mean, we say we talk about it too much, but, like, Selium having a full point over everyone else in, like, Search KD or whatever, a full kill per round on average, or per, uh, pull, a full kill per death, higher than second place that's just which i think is maybe simp it, it, that's just crazy you know um so i think if they are going to face the breach or optic or surge yeah they can for sure find themselves in round four and trying to make a bout for that elimination final i think the rocker have a huge chance they've showed us in the past it is never chalk and so <laughs> that's the theme um they just dropped the fresh merch like, you know, hey. go into it with the fire. There's going to be some fans there with some shirts and hoodies. Maybe they got them in the mail already by the time next week. Uh, I'm look. I'm really looking forward to see what they're doing. I said it last week and maybe the week before. Attach just looking good this year. 
Um, he's got a little more, little chip, little swag on his shoulder, you know, and he's trying to remind everybody, like, hey, yeah, there's a Krim, there's a Clay in the league, there's a Scump in the league, there's also a Dylan in the league. Don't sleep on. Them. And so, uh, I hope that you know he shows up to land with more experience than anybody else on that roster, and leads him onward to you know a great run in the losers bracket. Love it. Love it. Hashtag he's never chalk. Let's go, baby. Put that in the chat one time. All right. Going into the last question here. Actually, this is kind of a quick one, kind of like a bonus question here from Jacques. Jacques? Jacques Cod. Um, who wins in a 3v3 search and destroy on Tuscan? Major Maniac, Standy, and Coach Looney, or Priesta, Attach? And Coach Saint, I'm going to answer this in the most non-answer of all time. Are you all ready? <laughs> if it's a search and destroy map, I mean, let's just assume it's, a, it's 3v3 SND. Is this just one map? Okay, one and done. So it's going to be intense. My gut instinct is to go with any team the Major Maniac is on. Major Maniac is just the most consistently incredible search and destroy player I think that the league has seen. I think he has a great mind for the game. His shot calls are always super impressive to kind of see how they balance out over time, round by round. So I would say any team that Major Maniac is on is going to have my money. However, who is the king of clutch in the league? It's a touch. So if this thing goes to round 11, I would say attach, a team that attaches on. I think it's going to – this is ultimately a battle of Major Maniac and attach. If Major Maniac squad – can can end the game before it gets to round 11 i'd say they're safe but if it goes around 11 attach that's my non-answer thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> who do you guys think wins this match okay so <laughs> i think it's a battle between looney and saint like <laughs> i think it's brian versus looney whoever is the bigger detriment that's the team that takes the l um <laughs> And I honestly, I don't know who's better in search. You know, I've seen both of them play. I thought Saint was pretty good. I thought Looney was pretty good. He's been on some winning teams. He understands search. I know Brian Saint understands search. He's done search tournaments like his whole career until he became a coach. And so, and you know, those grinders, you know, and Brian at the end of his career was a grinder. He's doing challengers and stuff like that. So he got, you know, all them little nade spots and all that craziness, you know, getting nerdy uh, with his team. I'm going to give the nod to Saint, Priesta, and Attached. Looney might have had the longer pro career than Saint, uh, but I think, obviously, Brian had... Looney wasn't on the team last year. Brian had something to do with the success of Rocker and Search and Destroy, so I'm just going to say that he would be able to quickly adjust to playing in-game rather than just coaching it, and that the W would go to Saint, Priesta, and Attached. That is the most wild take I've heard from you. <laughs> One of my favorite things to see on this podcast is icon space. Whenever you say something that's like, what? I do it. Too. We all do it. I'm a, oh, yo, we got mom attached in the chat. Yo, we, we all have to say attaches to you now. We all have to say, what's up, Kim? Yo, shout out to mom attached in the chat, too. The goat. Oh, anyway, I, I do like the take, though. I think it, a matchup between the coaches, that does make sense. Those are the X factors. Um, Icon, who you got at a 3v3 S&D between these teams? I'm going to say, and this take is a little bit different from both of yours, I'm going to say this comes down to the map that was listed in the question. So Tuscan is close quarters. It gets real dicey, real mixy. So because of that, I'm going to go with whatever team Standy is on. Now, if it was a Berlin, 
and you got a round 11 and a Taz can sit back on defense with his sniper rifle, then I'm going to go that squad. So just solely based off the fact this is a Tuscan S&D, I think you got to give it to Standy and whatever squad he's on. So I'll say Major Maniac, Looney, and Standy. Dude, I love that we all had incredibly different answers for different reasons. It wasn't just happen, like, oh yeah. yeah. What? This this 3v3. This would be content. Like, oh. I would love to watch it. I'm, I'm scheduling this content piece right now as we speak. <laughs> Jason in the chat says, Looney, only player to ever 1v5. So Looney, oh, okay. that's a good point. All right. And honestly, we actually did a content piece a few months ago. If it's on the YouTube channel, if you guys want to go check it out, watch Attach and Looney React. That's the video you should look for. They react to some of their best plays of all time. The artillery run from Attached, the 1v5 from Looney. It's a great video. And uh, yeah, Looney, I Kingdom, I, and Saint, don't watch his part, bro. I love you, Saint. Looney, I think wins. I think he wins that battle. I think he played more recently. I think Saint has a great mind for the game, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, this, has this to needs. This needs to happen. I'm uh, I'm submitting this right now, and we are going to shoot it tomorrow. Uh, just kidding. But, yes, ins insanely awesome question. Love the energy in the chat, too. Um, yo, real quick, real quick, I got to I gotta highlight this, this thing from the chat from Victor. The boys played well. I can see the improvement in the control. The boys can slay. They keep the hard point close. Hashtag, it's never chalked. And that's the energy that I'm going to go into the major land with heck yeah victor let's go let's go with the hype anyway thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the podcast hope you enjoyed we will be back next week we may have a guest in tow help us out doing some predictions we're going to be obviously predicting who we think is going to take dubs l's and all of the things in between at major land number one that is not this weekend but next weekend so anyway on this 222 two, two, two Tuesday, uh, appreciate you watching, and we'll catch you guys next week.